Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws, and today we have part two of the story of Pretty Goldilocks. If you missed part one, head back to, well, the previous episode, because we're about to dive back in with the young Charming as he is on his quest to win over the Princess Goldilocks for his king. Another day, as he journeyed on, he saw a raven in great distress. The poor bird was closely pursued by an eagle, which soon would have eaten it up had not Charming quickly fitted an arrow to his bow and shot the eagle dead. The raven perched upon a tree very joyfully. Charming, said he, it is very generous of you to rescue a poor raven. I am not ungrateful. Some day I will repay you. Charming thought it was very nice of the raven to say so, and went on his way. Before the sun rose, he found himself in a thick wood, where it was too dark for him to see his path, and here he heard an owl crying as if it were in despair. Hark, said he, that must be an owl in great trouble. I am sure it has got into a snare. And he began to hunt about, and presently found a great net, which some bird catchers had spread the night before. What a pity it is that men do nothing but torment and persecute poor creatures which never do them any harm, said he. And he took out his knife and cut the cords of the net, and the owl flitted away into the darkness. But then turning, with one flicker of her wings, she came back to Charming and said, It does not need many words to tell you how great a service you have done me. I was caught. In a few minutes the fowlers would have been here. Without your help, I should have been killed. I am grateful and one day I will repay you. These three adventures were the only ones of any consequence that befell Charming upon his journey, and he made all the haste he could to reach the palace of the Princess Goldilocks. When he arrived, he thought everything he saw delightful and magnificent. Diamonds were as plentiful as pebbles, and the gold and silver, the beautiful dresses, the sweetmeats and pretty things that were everywhere quite amazed him. He thought to himself, the princess consents to leave all this and come with me to marry the king. He may think himself lucky. Then he dressed himself carefully in rich brocade with scarlet and white plumes and threw a splendid embroidered scarf over his shoulder. Looking as gay and graceful as possible, he presented himself at the door of the palace carrying in his arm a tiny pretty dog which he had bought on the way. The guards saluted him respectfully, and a messenger was sent to the princess to announce the arrival of Charming as ambassador of her neighbor, the king. Charming, said the princess. The name promises well. I have no doubt that he is good-looking and fascinates everybody. Indeed he does, madam, said all her maids of honor in one breath. We saw him from the window of the garret where we were spinning flax, and we could do nothing but look at him as long as he was in sight. Well, to be sure, said the princess, that's how you amuse yourselves, is it? Looking at strangers out of the window, be quick and give me my blue satin embroidered dress and comb out my golden hair. Let somebody make me fresh garlands of flowers and give me my high-heeled shoes and my fan and tell them to sweep my great hall and my throne, for I want everyone to say I'm really pretty Goldilocks. You can imagine how all her maids scurried this way and that to make the princess ready and how in their haste they knocked their heads together and hindered each other till she thought that they would never have done. However, 
At last, they led her into the gallery of mirrors that she might assure herself that nothing was lacking in her appearance, and then she mounted her throne of gold, ebony, and ivory, while her ladies took their guitars and began to sing softly. Then Charming was led in, and was so struck with astonishment and admiration that at first not a word could he say. But presently he took courage and delivered his harangue, bravely ending by begging the princess to spare him the disappointment of going back without her. And that's where we'll leave part two of the story of Pretty Goldilocks. On a bit of a cliffhanger, I'm sure, but, well, we've got a few episodes of this tale left, so I don't think it's quite a surprise what her answer will be. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere that you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>